Mini episode 1517 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge preview of the NFC North for 2022. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here, and I have with me my fellow FDH Lounge original dignitary, Chris Galloway. We're going to be breaking all of this down here for you today. We are going division by division. This is part of our series previewing the NFL in 2022. I'll refer you back to the first one that we did and that we put up, the AFC East one, that's where we have some of our macro-level notes for the season and some other things that we're looking at league-wide. But uh, the rest of these are tightly focused on the different divisions. As I say, we're doing the North here today, Chris and I going through as we have the other ones. And format-wise, what we are using uh, as uh, a structure for this is uh, a, a segment that comes from Fantasy Football Draftology 2022, available on the main page at fantasydrafthelp.com, and that is one run-on sentence for each team. That's a feature that uh, we have in here. I have these laid out in order of my predicted finish in each division here. So one run-on sentence for each team, and then Chris and I will react to this afterwards. So in the north, uh, again, uh, just like any other year, I have Green Bay in first place, as does approximately 100% of the commentariat right now. Green Bay, the softest schedule this side of Dallas among top NFC contenders, sets them up for another high playoff seed, but they carry the burden of proof of doing less with those circumstances than any other team over the last decade, Minnesota. The Vikings have more questions in the trenches on both sides of the ball than usual, but Kevin O'Connell's effect on the offensive talent renders Minnesota as a wild-card contender in a shallow NFC. Chicago. Holes in the lines on both sides of the ball raise the stakes for Justin Fields as he prepares to make an impression on a front office and coaching staff that inherited him. Detroit. Coach Smedium Shirt has to deal with holes all over the defense and an unspectacular offense leading to the chance to take a quarterback high in the 2023 NFL draft if he is still around to enjoy it. So, Chris, I know that that uh, gives you plenty to work with there. I know that you have copious thoughts about all of these things. Rick, i got to tell you, we're going to have a bit of a departure. Okay. Unlike some of the other divisions. Okay. Uh, obviously, the Packers, number one. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, they... Um, you know, they're bringing back most of that team, um, minus Devontae Adams. It won't be long before we realize how much Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers misses him. Right. This young group of, of wide receivers may end up in a couple of years having some quality, but right now it's nothing proven. Right. And we've already seen Rodgers sort of critiquing them, and it's not pretty. Right. The running game will be solid with Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon, so that's going to that's gonna help them a lot. 
but that receiving core is full of a lot of question marks. Um, I love their, uh, their, their secondary, you know, when they're healthy, uh, Jair Alexander out of Louisville, Mm -hmm. big fan of, was a big fan of coming out of college. So they're, you know, they're going to compete, especially in that division. They're going to easily cruise with a weak schedule and, and a weaker division, you know, to 11 or 12 wins and, and, and take that top spot. Right. Here's where I'm going to go out on just an absolute plank. Oh, no. I, I can I can see this happening right before my eyes. <laughs> it's happening. I'm going to, I'm going to, the, the surprise in that division is going to be the Lions. <laughs> and I'm going to say that they find a way to finish in second place. I like their additions of Jameson Williams getting DJ Chark, um, who I really think was badly used in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkinson is still a great pass-catching tight end. Amon Ra, St. Brown, is proving to be the real deal. If they can keep Goff upright and uninjured, um, you know, he can sling it around. You, you know, you, he's your boy. Yeah, I am a Jared um, Goff apologist. I just worry that he's been ruined by what happened last year in Detroit. Well, he's kind of been ruined, but you know what? Again, this is a you know this is a theme, right? We saw it all last year. This team lost so many one possession type games right. to superior squads, quote unquote superior. These guys played their guts out in Campbell, right? And and they came up on the short end of every time there was a coin flip. You know, it's a Baltimore with a seventy what seventy one yard field goal to win, right? Um. You know, the Browns eked it out over them in a slop. They have just played their guts out for that coach. And and I think this team is going to believe. And and I think they look at themselves, you know, not as a three-win team, but that they probably should have been a six-win team last year. Because, you know, the law of averages starts to sort of even out. So Mm -hmm. I think this year they win a few of those that they came up short on this this past season. Okay. And, and, And I think with some better talent, and, and another year in the system, I, I think we're, we're looking at, you know, I'm not picking up for the playoffs. Don't get me wrong here. Right. Um, but, but I think we're looking at, I think we're looking at, um, uh, you know, an eight and nine squad that's going to compete for, a, a, you know, for a wild card down to the end and come up short at, at eight and nine. Um, Vikings, everybody's so high on the Vikings. I'm not. Really? Okay. I just, I don't know. I feel like this team is sort of set up for, for the wheels to fall off, whether it's injuries or, or something. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins is, is, is solid, but he's unspectacular. Um, you have games where you're just like, where is he? So I'm not, I guess I'm just not, uh, I'm not sold on the Vikings the way a lot of other people are. I mean, there are some people picking them to win the division as a surprise. Okay. Um, whereas I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they are right there and that, again, like the Lions, about an 8-9 and nine team, uh, just like last year. And then lastly, Bears, I think they've got a good coach. I mean, uh, Coach Flus, I mean, I think you know he's a defensive guy. He doesn't have any defensive parts right now, right? Um, to work with, then combined with the fact that your head coach is not an offensive guy and a team that has struggled offensively, you know, they're not helping Fields in terms of the O line is a disaster. Who's he throwing to? I mean, Mooney, okay, right? Then what? I mean, so David Montgomery's got to carry it. He's small. 
Um, I just, I think Chicago is just set up. I mean, you got, you got Smith wants to be traded. I just hate the spot they're in. I, I think Eberflus is in, a, is just in a terrible spot with this roster. Um, I don't see them. I see them probably going backwards as they adjust to a new system um, and being like five and twelve instead of six and eleven, um, like they were last year. Um, I, I just, you know, no, 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 Khalil Mack. I mean. I just see holes everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see how, you know, Justin Fields at times has shown that, like, hey, pretty good player, right? I mean, everybody knows it. But, right. I mean, they got nothing around him. So, I think they're a bit of a disaster again, even though, you know, obviously, Eberflus, I liked the hire. Um, they've got a draft next year for his strength, and they got to just they got to draft a lot of D next year. Yeah. Um, and then try to do what the Bengals did in the offseason by picking up one or two offensive linemen to, to save Justin Fields from just, you know, being absolutely destroyed a la like a David Carr. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, again, uh, another quarterback uh, who was uh, destroyed before him, uh, the late uh, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, going to uh, D.C. and just getting absolutely ruined there. And it's a thing where people looked at it and it's like, man, if, if Dwayne Haskins, as dominant as he was, albeit only a one-year starter in college, and that sometimes carries a caution tag with it, but if somebody as potentially dominant as him could be ruined in a situation, then there really is that, that black cloud hanging over Ohio State quarterbacks when they turn pro. It's true that before Haskins, hardly any of them going back over the decades were really top-level prospects. Uh, but uh, we're now bordering on being 0 for 2 on top-level ones coming out and being uh, busts, essentially. Fields, it's a make-or-break kind of a year, but the combination of being an Ohio State quarterback and going to the Bears, who I think George Hallis in his early days was the last one to develop a successful quarterback, right? So, you know. I mean, they I mean, they just haven't had one. I mean, really, since McMahon. Yeah, I mean, McMahon, and then, uh, you know, you, you go back to, like, the 40s, you know, if you want to count that. But uh, this is a thing where you look at it, and this is something that you and I can relate to, uh, being in Cleveland here and watching the progression of 20 years of Browns football. The danger zone for Justin Fields is that, and as much as people want to act like this isn't a thing, this is a thing. Neither the front office nor the coaching staff is invested in his success. If he doesn't make it this year, eh, well, okay, he wasn't our guy. We'll just go get another quarterback. That's what happens. Politics is a huge part of the NFL. And if you don't have anybody that has a stake in your success, if it's just as easy for them to turn the dial and go to somebody else, in fact, it might be easier to do so because you can be a scapegoat for a bad season, then you're in trouble. And that's the situation Justin Fields is in on top of all of the skill deficiency problems with this team that you mentioned, Chris. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Although I think Fields is enough of a talent that I just I cannot believe that they would just give up on him that quick. But... And again, to your point, it's depending on who they think they can go out and get, as we saw with like the Browns this past year. Yep. Do you think you can upgrade? You know, then you do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I, I'm not prepared to say it's make or break for him in year two because I feel like he's the kind of guy that if the Bears, after two years of massive amounts of dysfunction, decide to move on from him, 
there's somebody out there that'll say, you know what, we had a high rating on him and the Bears are idiots. We're gonna, you know, we'll 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 trade a fourth rounder for him sure. if they're wanting to move on or whatever. Right. So I don't I don't think we're at that point for him in terms of uh, you know make or break kind of thing. But to your point, they aren't doing him any favors. Not and, at all. And that's and that's frustrating. Yeah, that is that is definitely the case. Uh, Detroit, I will say this is that. Uh, this is the effect of people watching reality TV, is that apparently Dan Campbell has way shot up in some of the Vegas odds for Coach of the Year, which you got to be kidding me. You know, like, that somehow this is actually a thing. People watch Hard Knocks and, you know, want to base anything in real life off of that. People are actually betting money on that being the case. It, it's an interesting... Well, uh, you and I have a difference on Dan Campbell. I mean, right. I don't think he's a great X's and O's guy. Right. But I think he is a leader and a motivator of men. I think we saw that in his short stint in Miami, and I think we've seen that in year one of Detroit. I mean, look, they weren't any good. They didn't have any much talent, but damn it, they played for him. I yeah. mean, if you were a Lions fan last year, you had a lot to cheer for, even though your team, you went into the season knowing your team wasn't going to be any good. Right. Um, but at least you, you could turn on the TV and see a team that played their guts out. That's not something that you and I could say, say, over a couple seasons with Hugh Jackson. Right. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, and again, they, they, they had a bunch of games that they were into the end and had a chance to have a much better record. You know, they probably should have, if the coin flips worked better, been, been at least a six win team, which I don't think anybody really expected to believe in that. So all that being said, um, you know, I, I, the Lions are my surprise. They're not making the playoffs. I, I think only one team in that division is, is making the playoffs, and that's and that's going to be uh, the Packers. I do think Minnesota can make it as a wild card. I'm going to be one of these hipsters buying into them this year. And uh, I will say, and one of the things I've been influenced by, and I, I don't you, – you have a pretty fixed point of view on this. I don't expect this to move you, but it is something I, I think, think that you'll take into account. And that is I've been seeing on Twitter what's been getting pointed out. The very respected football analyst Warren Sharp has been going through statistically here and looking at what a conservative offense they had the last couple of years versus what they're going to have now with O'Connell – and the opportunity to not necessarily weaponize Kirk Cousins. It's not a matter of that per se, but to get more out of Thielen and especially Justin Jefferson, uh, to be able to really play to the strengths there. Uh, and if they do that, uh, it, paradoxically, it should open up room for Dalvin Cook as well. And as a Dalvin Cook fantasy owner this year, I certainly hope that they can create more space for him to do that. But uh, the scheme there and everything Warren Sharp was pointing out about that, about maybe playing more to their strengths as far as what they have, that's something I'm looking for. Well, I listen, that is a very valid analysis. Um, I, I admit that my analysis of the Vikings is a guy going, that's exactly how it ought to work for them this year. Sure. But something in my gut is just telling me the wheels are going to fall off that team this year. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's just nonsense, right? I mean, maybe I'm just, I'm flat out wrong. Shouldn't listen to my gut on that. But I think that that's a team that everybody's like, all right, the head coach is, you know, the old coach is gone. He was the one holding them back because he's busy dating 30-year-old Instagram models. <laughs> um, you know, so now they got they got an offensive mind in there, and now they're going to explode. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they have talent. Don't get me wrong. Wide receivers, uh, Dalvin Cook, 
you know, Cousins can can perform. I mean, I you look at them and you say, yeah, this is a team that's got talent offensively. Right. Um, I do have some question marks on defense. Yes. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, we'll see. I Somehow I just feel like the, this year the, the wheels are going to fall off. But I can Listen, I mean, I, I'm the guy that said earlier in the segment here that they do have more questions than usual in the trenches on both sides. The Vikings are not generally a team where that's the case, and that is the case now. So they're, they're going to have right. to move to more of a finesse team, ironically more of a dome team, which is what they are, right? So it's a thing of like they may actually, well, that's, you know. Well, that's right. And, and, and you know, and I've said this for, you know, a million years, is that I'm still old school in the sense that how does it go with the team in the trenches, right? Right. You know, that's where it all starts. And if you have holes and you're suspect, that's where I, that's where I always start evaluating every team. Yep. And every I, team. I look at the lines, and a, and that's where I and that's where I start. And with the Vikings, I have real question marks about both of those. If they get a couple of injuries, uh, they could be in a lot of trouble. Oh, they really could, no question about that. And uh, again, we agree with pretty much the rest of the world that uh, will be Green Bay atop the division. But uh, again, with a lot of the uh, kind of drama that really kind of surrounds them. Uh, as it has, and when you've got somebody as, I, I will use the term volatile, even though he's been an MVP caliber player for a long time, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and a lot of it being, quite frankly, between the ears as far as him being volatile, I don't know that that has anything to do with the lack of playoff success or not, but, you know, just the last couple of seasons, the way that he's sort of cracked up mentally of, you know, whether it be going on McAfee's show and babbling crap, or he was just on with Joe Rogan again, and well, he was probably on there talking about uh, utilizing Rogan's uh, regimen of gargling horse piss to fight off COVID or whatever the hell crackpot stuff, you know, he does in, in, instead of, you know, doing what normal people do. Uh, Aaron, well, Rodgers, I mean, Aaron is a weird guy, man. And, he's, yep. and look, you can't, uh, to your point, you're spot on, right? Yeah. Like, like in the sense that if he doesn't so talented, yeah. that locker room would have turned on him so long ago. Right. Because I think on an interpersonal level, he's just a jerk. Right. And I also, and I think that, and I think that, you know, it's proven by the fact that he doesn't get along with his family. Yeah. Um, you know, he he goes in these relationships from one to the other with, with different women and whatever. Lots of guys keep, don't settle down. Right. But his all seem to be sort of personality driven in terms of why they fall apart. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a lot to what you're saying about his personality. Yeah. It's not just in the locker room. I mean, his personal life. He can't seem to get, be able to get along with anybody. Right. I mean, if he didn't have the talent that he had, uh, he'd be Johnny Manziel or, you know, Dion Waiters uh, having to go play probably professionally in some other country or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the but, China football league. Yeah, I mean, the difference between, you know, being a, an eccentric but brilliant guy uh, and, and somebody who is just uh, a loser and an idiot is, quite frankly, how much talent you have. And, and him well, having one of the greatest yeah. arms of all time is what puts him in the eccentric but brilliant category, which he's lucky to be in. Well, that's exactly right, and he's going to win a division crown again this year. He's going to, uh, but uh, we will see uh, if uh, he ends up uh, doing anything more with it. We will have a playoff prediction uh, segment yet to come here, so uh, could be yet another year in uh, January or February where he's there as the division champion. And uh, perhaps the season ends yet again with the NFL saying, here's your crown king, nothing. Or maybe, maybe this is the year they break through. 
Who knows? We'll get to that subsequently. But thank you, Chris, and thank you, everybody, for checking out our preview of the NFC North in 2022.